Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. We've been in this series called Love Revolution. We've been talking about the love of God. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but we decided for the rest of the summer we're going to settle in this thing called the love of God. And, and here's why. I talked about this in the first part of the series a couple of weeks ago, uh, that as for as long as I've been in church and as much as I've been a Christian and as, as long as I've been part of this thing that Jesus is doing in my life, one of the hardest things I think I've had to learn how to settle in and one of the things that I've I found very difficult to see people settle in is that subject itself, the love of God. See, I, I found that people are quite happy to get, get busy and do things for God, to be active for God, to worship God, to have a purpose for God, to raise their family for God, to love, love God, but, but to let God love them and to be established in his love. Can I tell you, that's a journey for people. And I'll tell you why it's such a journey is because we live in a world that is so consistently rewarded based on whether or not we do something good or do something bad. So the challenge with that is that as long as you're good to me, then I'm good to you. And when you're bad to me, then I'm tempted to be bad to you. And then we take that human complex element of interaction and we try and work that out into a vertical relationship with God. And we find it's conflicting and it's confusing. Because even when we're bad, God is still good. Even when we mess up, God still loves us. Even when we trip up, God is still for our good, for our future. And that's a mind job. And the reason it's a mind job is because we don't understand the grace of God. The grace of God is something that settled us. The grace of God is something that brings us peace. It's something that, that takes us out of this reward system with God, out of this merit system, that, that picture of the old covenant, of the law, of the Old Testament, where we tried to earn our way to God's graces, where now we rest in the finished work of Jesus. Am I helping you already this morning? How many of you have ever felt like, just honestly, you don't have to raise your hand, but just maybe you slip a finger up, a little finger. You felt like God does not love you. It's like you, you know you love God, you know God is doing a work in your life, but, but somehow you're, you're walking around with this, this sense of, of guilt or this sense of shame for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know why, why we lean into that so much, but I think it has so much to do with the way we live our lives in society. You can't even put a comment on social media without someone blasting you. You know, you make a comment about tacos and somehow somebody turns it into a political comment. Like, how did that even happen? But it happens. And we've been talking about love in this sense that, that if we don't get settled in the love of God, then it's going to be a hard journey for the rest of our Christianity, the rest of our relationship with God. Because everything is founded in love. Everything is founded in God's grace. And as we learn to live from that, we learn to live out from that. The love of God that we show others. See, it's hard to show grace if we don't understand grace. It's hard to love people we disagree with if we don't understand that at one time God also disagreed with us. 
It's hard to love our enemies when we don't see ourselves that at one time, because of our sin, we were an enemy of God. But if we learn to be established in the love of God, it changes things. You know, I've been serving God for, for a long time. And when I first got saved, I'd say that began the journey of, of me starting to turn this thing over in my head about God loving me. And I'm telling you, it's, it's been a journey. If I could just be 120% honest with you, it's, it's been a journey of, seems like every five to seven years, I get another greater revelation of God's love and, and God's love for me. Not for what I do, not because I'm doing something, not because, you know, for whatever I, I can chalk up as, look, here's the things, quote, that I do for God. Like just, if I never do another thing for God, he still loves me just as much. I'm telling you, to be honest with you, it's taken me a long time to get settled in that because I'm a doer, I like to achieve, I like to accomplish, I like to help, I like to serve, I like to be active, I like to be busy, I like to do all these things. And then you can get in this rhythm where you almost don't even feel happy or human if you're not busy or doing something. Then you start to question your worth and you start to question your value and you start to question your own love for God and say, I haven't done anything productive, quote, for God in a long time. But just the fact that you're breathing is a sign that God loves you. <laughs> Anybody not breathing here? CPR, please, for these people. But everybody else who's breathing, God still loves you. And the early part of my Christianity was spent with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and just a lot of inner turmoil, trying to, to get to this place where like, I can see this now in hindsight. I was trying to get to this place where I could settle in the fact that just he loves me. That's it. Yeah, but my pastor, no, he loves you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking straight on a couple of it. Yeah, he loves you. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, what I used to do versus what I'm doing, he loves you. Yeah, but I really should be here when I'm right. Yeah, but he loves you. Yeah, but what I used to do compared to what I'm doing now, no, he loves you. Yeah, but I made some mistakes this last season. Yeah, but he loves you. But I'm not being the best father that I can be, but he loves you. But I'm not being the best husband, that I can, but he loves you. See, when we get our heads and our minds around that kind of love, it's something that has to be grasped, not just heard. It's something that we have to take hold of, like an anchor that settles us in place and keeps us from being blown around by everything that life does. And the way I learned how to do that, the way I'm still learning how to do that, is, is to learn through this, that, that Jesus served by his life. And now through my life, I get to serve him. Somehow, some way, he loved me enough to love me in a state where maybe somebody else and their love would be conditional, but God's love was unconditional. Jesus showed us that love serves. See, Christianity is it's a call to serve. Not in the sense that we have to do a task for God, but that something has changed in us where we're no longer living life just to simply serve ourselves but we're living our lives to serve the purposes of God. I love how it says that about David in the book of Acts, chapter 13. It says that 
When David died, he had served the purposes of God for his generation. See, we read the context of that for David's life, and we think, okay, that was for David. But what about your life? That's what will be said about you. That will be said about you, that you served the purposes of God for your generation. God didn't have you born in the 1700s or the 1800s. He had you born in this season for a purpose. And firstly, it's to understand that love that's been poured out for us so that we can go and love this crazy, messed up world that you can change the channel all you want, but when you die, you still have to leave your kids and grandkids in it. We can't turn it off. We have to do something about it. And we're called to do something about it. And when we don't get a revelation of the love of God, we don't get a revelation of serving a cause greater than our own ambitions. In fact, our own ambitions become our only ambition, our four walls. The plan of God and the purpose of God becomes small. It becomes what we can control, what we think is success, what we think is failure, where we think God can use us, where our gifts can make the most difference. Can I tell you that most of the things that I think that I thought were a great plan for God, God said, yeah, that's actually a really terrible plan. I'm going to have you do this instead. No, but you don't understand, God. I have this great plan. I just need you to open these four doors and make it all happen. Some of you are there right now. You're like, dang, that that plan doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) I've tried it. But what I have found in seasons is that God's call for me to serve him, for him to save me and for me to serve him, was just one of the many calls that he would make throughout my lifetime. Because it's a repeated call to serve. Sometimes it'll be for two or three years in this direction. And then he'll shift and say, okay, we're going in this direction. All for the same goal, all for the same purpose, but it's listening for the call. It's, it's kind of like your phone. You can turn around and realize that you missed the call. And you didn't know somebody called. Don't you feel guilty when you miss a call? <laughs> What's the first thing you say? Oh, sorry, didn't see you called. Well, they already know that because you just called them back. You ever think about that? But you want them to know you weren't ignoring their call, so you let them know, hey, just in case, I didn't see your call. A lot of times God is calling, but we're missing calls. Why? We usually miss calls when we're distracted. The phone's off to the side. But God's always calling. These are the times we ignore calls, right? You see the phone, you're like, who is it? Oh, Lord, I don't want to talk to him. Put that down. Or, no, that's not going to be a five-minute conversation. That's going to be a one-hour conversation. I'm not going to answer that one. Ignore that call. How many of you are that one-hour person on the phone? You know, you, you just learned something about yourself. You're like, oh, that's why nobody answers my call. Because yeah, you talk too long. That's why. Get all deep about the plan of God. I just wanted to know where you were going for lunch, man. Where are we? <laughs> and then there's the do not disturb calls. Where God's calling, but we're so occupied with what we're doing, what we think is important. And I'm telling you, it is that do not disturb section of life where we're kind of pushing God out. Where we're occupied with things. 
and we're missing out on what he's trying to tell us. See, it's not a matter of if he's calling. It's a matter of whether or not we're listening. It's not even a matter of if he's saying it and we're hearing it. It's a matter of whether or not we're picking up the call, the call to serve. It could be at your workplace. It could be at the gas station. It could be to the waiter at your restaurant. It could be to a relative. It could be to someone that is an employee of yours. A God word. I just heard a story yesterday from one of our team that someone went to interview for a position, a high-level position, and that the response of the person hiring them was, I think God wants you to have this job. I'm going to give it to you. That's discrimination. No, that's called the favor of God. (laughs) Revelation, he says, I open doors that no man can shut. Sometimes God will usher in things that you don't even know you're made for, you don't even know prepared for. But God will open doors. This is what a call to serve is. It's it's getting a bigger vision than just what I think I'm even made for. You limit yourself by your gifts. You limit yourself by your experiences. You limit yourself by your past. We limit ourselves by our bad choices, our bad decisions. Look at the people God uses in Scripture. I don't think I would leave some of them with my daughter (laughs) or my friends. I don't think I'd lend some of them money. I think I'd watch my back with some of them. And then Christ gets a hold of a person's heart. See, this is why the season that you're in, if, if you've already put the lid over your life of, well, the best days are behind me, you're already limiting God. You've already canceled out by the small room that you've built your life in and said, this is how God can work. This is how God can move. These are my gifts. This is my talent. This is what I'm bad at. This is where I messed up. So this is how it's all going to work out right here in this beautiful, small little Bob Ross picture that I painted. (laughs) Happy mountains. Happy plants. I made my own world. That world's very disappointing in light of what God can do to someone who's responding to the call to serve. Most of the people that we're inspired by that were making them rich or buying their books on Amazon or their music, that we're inspired by, TED Talks, you name it, whatever we're inspired by, they're people who overcame inconsistencies in their life. People who overcame seasons of disappointment. Things that should have crushed them and ground them into powder and left them for dust. But they rose up. They tell their story. We listen to it and say, that's amazing. I'll give it a like. What about your story? What about what you've overcome? What about what you're overcoming? See, all of that you've overcome is a chance to serve God with that story. The racism, you can overcome that. The effects of it, you can overcome that. Hatred, you can overcome that. Mistreatment, misrepresentation, you can overcome that. I see it all the time. It was amazing to go to serve day yesterday and just see, like if you could see some of the people that I know at this, at this day that should be home crying in a pillow, but they're out there serving the community. Have every reason to. If, some, if I asked, where are they? And they said, they're at home. They're bummed out. They're crying in a pillow. They're having just whatever's going on. I, there's no way I could judge them for that being in that situation and saying, I understand, you know, because I would understand what they're going through. But there they are because they've grasped hold of the love of God in such a way that they understand that the love of God even supersedes sometimes and transcends 
those super small boundaries that we put around ourselves as we step into supernatural strength and supernatural understanding of what the love of God is. Psalm 92 says that the righteous will bear fruit in old age. Have you ever thought about that for your life? Because in the society we're in, the older that you get, the less important you are. Right? Come on, unless you're like 17 and have zero cellulite on, like, forget about it. (laughs) Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) The righteous shall bear fruit in old age. I got a vision for this when I was a lot younger. I said, that's the life I want. I want to be bearing fruit in old age. I want my best days to be ahead of me. I don't want to be thinking that my best days are behind me. You know the best way to do that? Learn how to become a pillar. Pillars don't worry about looking good. They just hold things up. When you feel feel unthanked by your kids, you're a pillar. They don't appreciate me. They weren't made to appreciate you. They're made to take from you and then judge you for not giving them what they wanted and what they needed. And to tell you that you don't love them and you don't care for them. And yes, honey, I love you anyway. See, sometimes we're trying to get need from the things that weren't meant to fulfill us. This is why the love of God comes in even stronger to establish us that I can't expect my kids to do something that God can only do. The righteous will bear fruit in old age. See, why? Because life is always tempting you to worry about the here and now, to worry that this is the best season, that this is the only time things can happen. Most of the people that we read in Scripture that we praise as heroes are people that did stuff in their older years, older than anybody in this room. Their fruit-bearing days, their stories were built as they aged because the love of God was settled into them and they responded to the call of God. Am I giving you a little bit of vision for a bigger, longer life that maybe the best days are not now, maybe the best days will continue to be unfolding in your life. Two years ago, at this very second, two years ago, my wife lay dying in the hospital. My baby in a NICU in another hospital, weighing two pounds. Question marks abounding, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing what the future holds for our church, not knowing what the future holds for me, talking to other pastors, understanding the reality that if I lose my wife, what does that mean? I'm not, I can't pastor this church right now. Like, I mean, there were so many scenarios going through my head and my heart, my emotions, just everywhere. And, you know, I'm seeing some of these updates come up through social media and just thinking, look what time can do if you choose better, not bitter. If you don't try and control everything and just rest in the love of God. See, God intended his life to happen through you, not just to you. This is the call to Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's his life to happen through us. 
wants his life to happen through us, not just to us. Come on, we all want his life to happen to us, his blessing, his love, his life, his prosperity, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. We want it to happen to us, but God created us in Christ so that his love would happen through us, through us to our kids, through us to our community, through us to our friends, through us to our enemies, our enemies. Got really quiet on that one. Great things can happen if you answer the call. If you're not so busy that you miss it, if you, if you choose not to ignore it, if you don't hit the do not disturb button, great things can happen in you and through you. See, yesterday, we were somebody's miracle. On serve day, we were somebody else's miracle. Somebody else had been praying, hoping, believing someone would give a rip about their life or about them as a human being and 100% of them, we did not know, and we just went out and served them with no strings attached. And now they're thanking God for what he sent through someone else. And that's not just something God wants to do at an event randomly through outreaches. It's through our lives every single day as we're vertically connected to him, learning from him. We're pouring that out to other people. See, here's the point. You're like, what's the point today, Daniel? Here it is. Serving is about living our lives sent. It's about living our lives sent. Wherever we are, wherever we're called to, whatever we're doing, we're sent by God. Now, don't get weird on people and say, hi, God has sent me. Give me the job. That's weird. It's going to freak people out. But just know it in your heart. God has me here for a purpose. There's always the strangest people in church. God has sent me here. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, here we go. <laughs> they'll be here eight months, and then they'll go to another church. God has sent me here. Go, go. May God send you in Jesus' name. Go. If God sent you, just be sent. The Amazon guy didn't come say, I'm sent by Amazon. He just does his job. FedEx guy, I, I'm, I just need you. Do you know I'm from FedEx? <laughs> just need you to know I'm from FedEx. Okay. That'd be weird, right? It's weird with people who talk about God like that. Instead of just being egoless and humble, like Jesus at the Last Supper, pouring out to his disciples, washing the feet of his disciples. Loving his disciples, showing them this is the way we love the world. Not an announcement. All of the thousands and the thousands of followers in the crowds who've been following me, seeing me do the miracles, just want you to know I'm going to be washing the feet of my disciples before I'm crucified as the Son of God around the world. Just need everybody to know, come look at this very amazing work that I do. It wasn't that. It was drawing those close to him that he got on his hands and knees and served those who would then go with that same love and serve the world. You're the fruit of that act of Jesus showing us first what it's like to serve, what it's like to love. What I'm trying to say today is that you've been sent by God where you are. As you follow Jesus, as you receive his love, as you understand his love, 
I wish Daniel could hear this 15 years ago, 10 years ago. I wish I could grab me and say, hey, you are stressing way too much about so much you can't control. And you're missing the calls because you're too caught up in you. Get settled in the love of God, bro, because I would call myself bro. <laughs> bro, get settled in the love of God. Well, how do I do that? Let him serve you with his love, and then you serve others with his love. Oh, but that's easy. It's easier than trying to earn it and work hard for it. So proud of our church yesterday. Did an amazing job serving our city. Uh, we have some video highlights I want to show you. Just take a look here at some of the amazing things our community was able to do in the community at large. Check this out. Hey, church fam, Serve Day is upon us. We've been waiting for this day for a long time. We are finally here at Grace Avenue Church, and now we're about to scatter across the city eight different outreach opportunities. Man, what an honor that we get the opportunity to serve people in need. I'm just excited that we as a church get to show the love of Jesus to people around our city. side of San Antonio, east of downtown. So we served in a refugee youth service. We are out here with Habitat for Humanity, building homes for low-income families. We got to hold a church service for them here. We played some games, we had some worship, and we heard an awesome message about how we are loved. We are planting uh, beds, planting seeds for the community here locally. We are having a baby shower for 20 of our moms. Um, who've chosen life and to support them and help them get resources and to love on them and to share Jesus with them today. And that is a wrap for Serve Day 2019. glory to God for that. Let's just give him a hand. When God gives opportunities, man, we take them. We had children who have many who've been brought here by smugglers. Smugglers. No parents, no money. Don't speak the language. Lots of question marks. No connection to anybody here. We were able to put on a church service for them yesterday. Sing in their language play games, give them gifts, send them home with bags of stuff. Just showing them the love of God. 20 mothers who've chosen to keep their children don't have help. Don't have anybody to help them. Many of them broken, some ashamed, some not, a lot of question marks not knowing what to do, some younger, some older. I heard there was one with an autistic child stressing about the reality of having a baby and having to deal with the load is a single parent dealing with what they're dealing with already. We are able to serve with the love of God to them as well. Isn't it beautiful? To serve people in need. To know that you don't have to get anything back from them. But the beauty of just knowing 
that maybe somehow, some way, when they think of Jesus, they'll think of the acts that we did in his name. Yeah. Not that they were judged for their situations. Not that we condemned them for their life choices. Not that we asked them what they believed first, but that we just loved with the grace of God the same way that he loved us in our broken, lost state. That's the love of God. Here's the last point. I want to close with it. Serving is more than a task or an event. It's a lifestyle. It's what we do every day. It's a lifestyle. Serving is a lifestyle. It's why we've been sent. Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost, to help people get on track in life and we get an opportunity to participate with his plan in doing just that. I want to ask you to open your eyes in this season that Jesus began a love revolution a long time ago and he's asked us, invited us to get on board with that. You can do this as a parent. You can do this as an employee. You can do this as an employer. You can do this as a student. This is why we're here for a window of time to show people the love of God. I pray that this morning God opens your heart even more to serving that when Jesus said the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom man, I pray that you have a deeper revelation of that today. That maybe what's broken, what's in all of us, this, this broken place of needing to be served all the time, to, to feeling like everywhere we go, we, we need to be served like a Starbucks or, or a restaurant, that, that it's about us, that, that we would be okay with sometimes just being cool, with not being acknowledged and not being affirmed and not being recognized and not being thanked and just say, you know what? I'm just happy that God's got breath in my lungs. Two years ago, my wife was fighting for every breath she could take. I'm telling you, when you go through difficult things, what resettles in you is the love of God and the peace of God. The things that just do not matter don't matter anymore. Can we pray this morning? If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.